today's episode of thepenpodcast.com, I am joined by Janet Wizawadi. How are you, Janet? I am fabulous. Thank you. Happy to be I, here. I'm glad, and I bet you are fabulous since I just learned that you are currently in France. Yes, we got here yesterday, and it's beautiful. How's the weather? I mean, you, you look a little bundled up, kind of like I do here in New York, but... Do you know what? I think it's 12 Celsius right now. It started raining yesterday. They said the day before was beautiful. We arrived. As long as we don't bring snow, we're okay with the rain. Okay. And you have a uh, you have a rather unique setup where you are, right? Yes. Yes. We're house-sitting here. We look after other people's places, travel all over the world. Yeah, I, you know what? I would love to hear a little bit more about that just because, I mean, I know we've spoken about this, but for the audience, um, one of the ultimate goals, at least for me, of being a writer is not being tethered to any one place, having to get up and go to a specific spot. If you can write in this day and age, you can do it from anywhere in the world. And it sounds like you've you've put that into action. Yes, we started in 2011. Uh, I retired from the Royal Canadian Mounted Police as an emergency dispatcher. My husband was already retired and we wanted to travel. And so I learned a long time ago and say, instead of saying we can't afford to do something, I say, how can we afford to do something? So, so far we've housed it in Spain and we've housed now we're here all over Canada and several places in the United States, uh, Eastern Arctic, Yukon, just south of Alaska. We look after dogs, cats, horses, and we just found out there's two turtles here that we have to look after too. <laughs> so, but we, yeah, we belong to two sites. Uh, one is called Trusted House Sitter, and we have a profile on that. It's a membership site, and to House Carers, and uh, they're both .com. And uh, I'll send you the links later if you want. And uh, there's no charge. Although there are some people that would like to pay us and we, we gratefully accept. We pay our own way over uh, overseas, anywhere we go. We usually drive if it's in Canada or the United States, depending how, how much time we have in between. And uh, yeah, gratitude and that is, uh, we're happy with that. Oops, my husband just signed in to listen to this and he said that. You go in the other room. <laughs> I, I love that. That's so creative. I mean, it sounds like it comes with a little bit of responsibility, but to be able to visit all of these places um, and just worry about travel must give you a ton of freedom to focus on your writing. Yeah. And I haven't been doing much writing, but you know what? I'm getting lots of information. I think that I might work on a book on house sitting and all the unique animals that we look after because they the, the animals have such personalities. We have one dog we looked after, it's like a yoga dog. The way she sleeps is unbelievable. She's all twisted and stuff. And, but uh, yeah, we, you know what? It's, it's especially for, for us, I feel with being retired, um, we're on a limited income not only that, but the biggest thing is, is keeping busy. And especially with the pandemic, the last two years, we didn't get away much, but I was still contracting and traveling at that time. So I was still able to travel and, and that, that was good for me. Uh, but you know, I think that 
I'm speaking for myself. If I was fully retired and I'd be sitting at home and what would I be doing? Like some, maybe some volunteer and stuff. This way we get into a community, like we're rural, very rural. We're about anybody that knows France, we're about an hour and a half south of Toulouse. We're three and a half hours from uh, Barcelona and we're by near the Pyrenees mountains. So, and, and just maybe an hour's way from the Mediterranean. So, you know what, who couldn't ask for anything better than this? Because I think for me, travel isn't all about tourism. Travel's about learning about the people, learning about the culture and shopping where the locals shop. And, you know, we don't speak French. We didn't speak Spanish. Europeans are way smarter than us. They speak several languages usually. And, uh, but you know, we can communicate, you know, hand actions. We got Google now that can do Google translate. There's so many options that what somebody might think is a, an obstruction or stop them from traveling. Talk to me, like, we'll get you there. We'll talk you into it, but save points, whatever, and look for cheaper ways. And, and uh, like, we're here for almost six weeks and uh they're gone for probably a month but we've got time on either side and you know rent a car if we wanted but they're letting us use theirs so there's again our expenses are cut your expenses are your accommodations and your food right your meals if you're at home you have your accommodations you pay for your house and you have uh, uh you cook your meals at home so it's no different than here we went to the grocery store yesterday when we got in got some groceries and the other thing is, is um, we don't leave our house alone. We have a tenant that looks after everything for us while we're gone. So we never have to worry about our own home. So while you're house sitting, you have someone house sitting. Well, they live there. They're, oh, they're we live have there. a renter, the, yeah, a tenant that looks after everything. She has her own one bedroom apartment in the uh, location and at the house. And she looks after everything, shovels snow or cuts the grass, whatever it is. That's fantastic. Now, when you're doing these traveling in this house sitting, do you ever form like relationships or, or bonds with the people who you've house sat for you being with their pets for this long? And Definitely. We're still in touch with the people we were in Spain with, uh, 2019, we house sat over Christmas in Spain for three weeks and, uh, looked after three dogs. And then we, we leave time because the flights are not always cheap. And so, and then we went on a Mediterranean cruise from Barcelona and I have a friend in Barcelona. So I met with her. So you just gather people. If you're, if you like people and if you like adventure, I think that retirement would be boring if I did and didn't do any of this. <laughs> All right. So you, you've got my mind spinning, um, thinking like, where can I house it? But anyway, back to how we got to this point. When did you yes. know you wanted to be a writer? Like when, when did it dawn on you that you were gonna write a book? Do you know what? I think I was about 16 when I thought, oh, I'm gonna write a Harlequin romance. And do you know what? I wrote a few pages and I don't know, I guess my mom probably finally threw it out. And um, then, you know what? It's sort of in my mind, I got busy with kids and stuff and, and just have always ideas in that, but never really put them down. And I have, uh, um, since 2011, I think I participated in uh, six publications with putting stories in. 
Uh, and then in November 2020, uh, I woke up with one morning with this title in my head uh, called The Year the World Paused because during 2020 with the pandemic, my life didn't change a whole lot. I still, I contracted back with the RC Royal Canadian Mounted Police and I worked in the Eastern Arctic. So I'd go up for a month at a time. This time I ended up staying for five months because so much was shut down. So my experience didn't change much. I went from, from uh, Nunavut in the Eastern Arctic to the Yukon, which is just south of, uh, of Alaska. And home. I was only home 15 days out of 2020. So I thought there's gotta be other people like me that viewed or used that time period for something else. And so I put it out to my community and said, hey, who wants to be in this? I'm gonna do this uh, compilation of our stories through 2020. And so the, the end result is that there's 21 authors uh, with their stories on how maybe it started, their 2020 started and their journey through it and how they came out the other end. So that happened like really fast. So anybody who's thinking of writing, when you get that inspired thought, just go with it because uh, I put it out there. And by the end of February, I had all my authors in place. I coached them through their stories. We had group uh, 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 or, um, Skype or sorry, Zoom calls where they got to meet each other because they're all over the world, my authors. And uh, by June for June sixth, I think the ebook came out, and by the end of August, uh, the paperback came out. That's how fast it happened. But it was that inspired thought that would not leave me alone. What I think I find interesting about that, and I'm curious if that was the case, it was inspired by the pandemic, but it was probably also facilitated by the pandemic. Because yes. prior to, we were not as can even though the, the resources were there we were not as connected as we were once everyone had to go remote and virtual. Yeah, so true. And like one of my authors is from Ghana, West Africa. One is from Switzerland. Three are from uh, the UK. Uh, one is in Alaska and the rest are from the southern, like south of Canada states and Canada. So, you know, and I didn't realize it because on the book, it's Janet Wizawadi and 20 other authors, right? That's 21 authors, and it came out in 2021. Huh. Uh, not even thinking about that, right? But it was kind of cool. Thank you for listening to the Pen Podcast, produced by Pen for Hire. Have you ever wished the people in your life would give you honest, useful criticism on your work? Advice and insight to help improve the narrative instead of just saying it's good? Well, our team at Pen for Hire specializes in developmental editing. So no matter where you are in the writing process, we can help you take it to the next level. Visit our website at www.penforhirenyc.com to get a free consultation today. And now back to the interview. So being that that was such a, a passion or a burning desire to get done, and then it happened so quick, what what do you do next? Like, where does your writing career go? Yeah, that that's very interesting. One of the things I want to say is um, just like that inspired thought, I had nothing in place. I had no publisher. I had no editors. And 
And so, but my girlfriend, a friend of mine had 18 months before created a hybrid publishing company, her and another woman. And so she's not only an author in the book, she's also the publishing company, it's Carnelian Moon. And uh, she's based out of Ottawa, Canada and her partners in Florida, in the United States. And uh, I, I didn't have an editor. So I called a girlfriend of mine who has published several books. I says, will you edit my book? And she says, I won't do the, the grammar. She says, but I will do the content. And she says, but I recommend the grammar goddess do your grammar and stuff. So just everything started to fall into place. Like I had beta readers and, and it was fabulous how everything. So I think the biggest thing I want to tell people is trust. When you get that inspired thought, don't think how can, you know, that, that it can't happen because you don't know how. I didn't know how either, but people show up. Once you make that step, then they show up. So in going back to your last question of where do I go now? Do you know what? I think I went into a bit of a depression after it came out because if we all have losses, right? And, and we all grieve. I think I grieved the end of that book because I was with that. So it's like six, eight months continually with my authors and contact and stuff. And then all of a sudden the book's done. And we couldn't get out there because again, 2021 lockdown, we couldn't get out there and do what we wanted, book readings and, and uh, book launches and stuff. We could do it online, but it's not the same. You don't have the same energy. So we haven't got into that yet. And so hoping that'll come out. Um, I also want to, uh, I want to get a journal out because you know what, our world didn't just, the world paused for say better uh, two years, but our world, our personal worlds do pause. You know, I was in bad car accident, so my, I had to sit on my butt and do new things. And uh, we have, you know, you get married, you're a different person. You have a baby, you're a different person. Your life sort of pauses and you have to figure it out again. And so now I'm doing that figuring out. I'd like to do a journal uh, on that. That's, I've got a list. It's just, now that I'm back traveling, I think that that's what I needed is just that inspiration again to, to get going. Like I've got some ideas about a book about house sitting because we just meet the most interesting people and, and the animals, the pets, and like here they, they've got pigs and goats that are in the same pen together. And we just went outside to the barn and they're all there, like just happy to see you. <laughs> Oh, so you're not just like remembering to feed a dog or a cat. You're you're out there like tending a a, a full on farm. Well, pretty much. It's, it's uh, they've got forty horses, and uh, uh, some of the horses are in a separate field. We have to take a quad up to go and count them to the, every day and make sure that they're all okay and they're all there. And there's two older ones that need a, more of a special care and. But, you know, you get all your chores done in the morning. And here in France, we can take the dog anywhere we want with us, into restaurants, into stores. We can take them inside with us. So, and we have the use of the owner's car. We just can take the dog and just go for hours on end. As long as we're home, uh, just uh, the pigs need to be fed twice a day. So that night we come home. Oh, and the chickens. So... We got fresh eggs. Like we don't have to go to the store and buy eggs. 
how long did it take you to get like the the handbook of what you needed to do on this particular property? Do you know what? Most homeowners have a guidebook of what they need to do. Um, I had my own horse. My husband had his own horse. Our granddaughter and our daughter both ride and had, they have uh, horses. Uh, we've house sat for horses before. So uh, as long as people tell us what the needs are, the, the last, uh, the house sit that we did in the Yukon, the dogs, uh, we looked after two different families. We did back to back and uh, three dogs and they all had special diets and had to be special type. As long as we've got a list, like there's, it's a no brainer. You have to like animals though. There are house sits that have no animals. Cats are really easy to look after because most cats, if they're inside, you can leave them for our, unless they med need medication. We, my husband looked after, cause I was out of town, but he'll do it sometimes on his own locally. And uh, the one cat needed insulin twice, twice a day. So he would give them the shot. So, you know, you have to be adaptable or, or on these sites that we go on that were memberships on, you can go through and pick. Like I just missed one, I just looked at one today. It's in Brittany, France. And you get the use of the, the vehicle on the website. You can see what the place looks like. It's in September and into October and we're already booked for house sitting. So we won't be coming to Brittany this year, but boy, that's when I'll keep my eye on. <laughs> wow, um, are there any places in particular that are on your bucket list to house sit in? Oh yeah, Scotland, England, Wales, um, Ireland, uh, uh, Iceland would be cute, neat, Netherlands, anywhere in the world. Um, they even, I've even seen a couple in Israel uh, and Australia has lots of house sitting places. There's, on, on these house sitting sites that we belong to, they're all over the world uh just pick and choose i don't know uh we we were referred by our friends from canada that also hosts it we referred to this couple because we look after horses and that and they felt comfortable because they know our other friends and they feel really comfortable with us and believe me they we'll get along like a house on fire here and but you just pick and choose and we have interviews like people there's some that i haven't gotten that i would have wanted there was one when we did Spain, there was one I looked at for France and it was near the Pyrenees mountains as well. And she had a cat, but she didn't, the reason she didn't pick us is because we didn't have a car. And uh, what if we would have had to take the cat to the vet? Um, unfortunately, uh, you know what, we are, we rented a car when we were in, in uh, um, when we were in Spain, after we finished our house it like, we always put extra time on either side because if I'm in the country already, then why not? So Les and I are even talking about maybe coming for a longer period of time, maybe six months. And uh, just if between several countries, we'll just watch for house sits. And if we uh, have to, you know, six months, we can do a six month lease on a vehicle. I mean, you, you could literally just become kind of house sitting nomads. Oh, definitely. Uh, and so this trip, and we're, we're getting uh, older, but I think this keeps us young too. My husband actually will be celebrating his 75th birthday here uh, in April. So we're in France for his big day. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. 
That is awesome. I think it keeps us young too, because you know what? We're active. When you gotta go and feed animals and that, you have a responsibility. Um, they've got my girlfriend's house out in France here in this area uh, for about the last four years. And uh, they've got a walking group together. So, you know, you just get to, to know people who live here and, and you know the secrets, you find out where the best places are to explore. And you don't get that if you just go as a tourist, not necessarily anyways. So how much inspiration, like, do you think you have any books in you inspired by the, the places you've been, the houses you've stayed and Oh, definitely. Um, uh, all the titles and stuff in my head right now are, uh, non, um, what do you call it? Uh, uh nonfiction. Um, I think a, a fictional book might come out of it. Thank you for listening to the pen podcast produced by Pen for Hire. Have you ever wished the people in your life would give you honest, useful criticism on your work? Advice and insight to help improve the narrative instead of just saying it's good? Well, our team at Pen for Hire specializes in developmental editing. So no matter where you are in the writing process, we can help you take it to the next level. Visit our website at www.penforhirenyc.com to get a free consultation today. And now back to the interview. Well, I mean, I, I would think at least for me, and maybe it's it's too close, but since your first one was when the world paused, you, you kind of came out of it in a big way, right? Now you're, you're in France for a month. Um, it's like the world went from pause to almost fast forward. Like it never happened. Oh, the end of August, we started getting booked for House City. People that knew us, um, people I've worked with before he says, okay, we're going to go away for this. Can you look after the first one was my horses. And then another one we had house at before the pandemic. She says, Hey, are you guys available for the next one? And since, uh, the end of August, we have been booked pretty much steady. And the only month I think that we're clear right open right now is, is August. Mostly in Canada, this is our, our European one, but Canada and the United States. We'll be in Florida actually in February or in uh, November, house city. Oh, what part of Florida? Um, it's uh, the, 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 the Lake something. So I can't remember the name, but it shouldn't be. Too, Florida's not that big. I think it's more central. I can't remember. Okay, Florida's actually pretty big. Uh, compared to some of our provinces, it's uh, I guess nice. yeah, Canada is fairly <laughs> massive. Um, all right. In in retrospect, I from New York. <laughs> actually, no, you New York's pretty big too. But again, not in comparison to Canada. Yeah, and like when we went up to the Yukon, we drove. Like that was um, twenty-seven hours, and you have a couple stretches of five hours, especially in the winter. There's no nothing open, no gas stations, nothing for five hours steady. And you may pass a couple trucks, like uh, hauling goods. Um, but we saw buffalo, we saw wolves, we saw um, caribou, we saw a moose. <laughs> a moose were trotting along the road beside us. <laughs> you know, it's just wonderful. I love it. Um, and I want to jump back to something you had mentioned earlier about when you finished the book, not having, you know, a plan in place, not think, giving any thought to publishing, editing. 
what was your experience with deciding, because there are many authors out there who will just finish the work and get it out there as opposed to at some point deciding to get a professional involved on some level or another. So what was your experience in deciding to use professionals for both your developmental editing, your, your copy editing, the publishing part of the process? For me, it was a no brainer to have uh, a publishing company. And of course the big ones wouldn't even look at something like you and, and cost effective, right? To, um, I did uh, doing with a hybrid publishing company, uh, it, they, it's work with you. So uh, they knew what I was willing to take on and then where I needed help from them. And uh, so I was willing, I worked with each one of the authors. And one of the things I did is I would go, like one of the authors, I think I had four or five drafts. And it was like going through the drafts to get it cohesive, right? because some of some of them have written before and some of them haven't put something together before we had one one of the authors uh the first uh draft was like seven thousand words and i gave them uh a limit two thousand to four thousand words and uh so uh that author got it down to five thousand and then we gave it to our other uh, our content editor who got it down to just about it's about 2000 because that author had had different stories within and the the content author was able to take these and separate them apart and he he was so grateful because it's it's when it's your own work it's tough to do that it's tough to take out a word or change a word and and grammar too i read a lot and i have read some pretty poor edited books and i'm sure you have as well and i didn't want that <clears throat> i wanted to put out a good product i wanted to put a product out that would be have longevity because i see this book as as it, for people's stories anywhere it can be into anything but it's just sharing a story that triggers something else or, or helps you see things in a different way right it, it uh, a directional change or whatever, because it's a, like an aha. Okay, if that person did that, I could do that. You know, sometimes if we just see somebody else is able to do it, you can think, well, I'm no different. Why can't I do that? Of course you can, right? And uh, having the grammar editor, I, I cannot believe, and this the experience itself was my husband and I and my girlfriend and uh, my author, that's the editor. We all read those stories as well as the editors. I do not know how many times. And the final reading, ready to go to print. And I thought, I'm going to read them one more time. And I found two errors in one. Simple, simple errors, like a comma where maybe a period should be. And one where an S was and it should have been a Z. So that's how much detail we went into the editing of these book, this book. <clears throat> yeah, um, I have seen it. In fact, one of my biggest pieces of advice to most people outside of getting the professional editing is waiting at least a week or two after that's done and then go back and reread it with a fresh set of eyes. Yeah, totally. You know, you're in a different place. You know, today I, I'm 
reading and it makes sense. And, and then tomorrow I might be in a different place and thinking, oh, how did I miss that? And that's the biggest thing. How did I miss that? It's so obvious now, right? So I think editing is very, very important. Um, I also did something else because one of my auth my um, uh, beta readers, uh, there's a story in there of a woman's father who passed and not from COVID. And um, she said, Janet, I don't think I can read this story. I says, okay. And then she came back and she says, okay, I read it. Her mother, my friend's mother had passed away before I'd even met her. So more than 20 years before she was still processing that. And when she read this story, even though it, uh, you know, it was gross for this person and that's what the stories are meant to be. It's like our struggles and stuff, but our growth that came out at the end, the end. And so I thought, you know what? Um, there's sometimes things will happen to us. Somebody will give us advice or we'll go through something and not understand it. So I'll give you an example. So when I first started my job at 18 years old in this big city of Winnipeg, because I came from a town of 500 people, and uh, some of the girls were putting money away every month on Canada savings bonds. So they were investing a little bit every month. And I said to my grandfather, I said, hey, Papa, should I be doing this? And he says, well, there's better ways to invest. Okay. Did he explain or try and teach me? No. Did I invest? No, because in my mind, there's always better ways, right? So when, when Kathy told me about this, I thought, how can we help people who might be triggered by a story? So I've got four, four people um, and uh, in the end of the book that you, somebody could work with if they want. So they're coaches, they, they've been through some experience, a couple of them are authors in the book and other people I know, four people that I have worked with personally and had them take me through processes. So I had them and uh, they were paid resources. Uh, they paid to have, I invited some, but vetted who I had worked with, who I trusted. And so I wrote a little bit about how important it is that when you struggle with something to seek out help, because there is help there and nobody should ever suffer in silence or anything, or, you know what, somebody says, said once there's no stupid questions. Well, there aren't because it's your question. Why do you think it's stupid? Just because you might know the answer doesn't mean that everybody knows the same thing, you know? And uh, so, <clears throat> but I stress in there how important it is. Uh, these people are there if you want to work with them, but find somebody to work with like this. This wasn't an easy time for a lot of people. My authors managed to get through it. Um, we have one of our authors um, had went through uh, the endings of a, a sex change and had to have major surgery in 2020 and it got canceled once or twice. So there's, tr you know, trauma everywhere. The end result is beautiful. And he's very, very happy and uh, a wonderful story. So <clears throat> the book is, is not just about, oh, about, you know, oh dear, there was COVID, we were shut down. That's not it. It's, it's a personal stories. 
that they share their life with on here, their journey. And uh, you might not care for all the stories in the book, but sometimes we just read a chapter in a book and it'll change us. It doesn't, there's, there's knowledge everywhere and there's help for everybody everywhere. And we just don't know always where it's going to come from. And I, I really hope that uh, people will get lots of value from the book. I absolutely think that they will. Um, there isn't a single person on earth, I don't think, who wasn't impacted in one way, shape or form by what happened. Mm -hmm. Right. It wasn't mm -hmm. a regional incident. It wasn't. A, um, yeah. it, it was worldwide, every single person, every single day. And you know what? And some of them made you laugh. One of my authors says, well, I says, come on, I got to get your story. And she's, well, it's not very good. Just send it. I'll let you know. And this is, her name's Catherine and she, she's in um, uh, Ghana. And I tell you, we read the first part of her story and we just burst out laughing because it was delightful. She's talking about, she just found, found out everything had shut down. She says, I'm sitting here having a glass of whiskey. I don't even like whiskey. She said, <laughs> and it goes on, you know, because somebody gave it her as a gift. But she was just trying to process all of this about shutdowns. And she travels in her job from country to country. And, and it was like, but we just, just how it, she expressed it in her writing, I thought, yeah, that's how a lot of people probably would have been like a drink and like, oh my God, what's happening next? I love it. I love it. Yeah, I mean, we all have stories like that in our life. I highly mm -hmm. recommend um, everyone check it out. See how other people experience this. Because even though it impacted every single person every single day, every single person's lens and view experiences, what they walked away with is different. And sometimes just seeing what it meant for someone else can change the impact that it had on us. Totally. Janet, where can people yeah. find out more about you, um, website, social media? Um, how can they stay in touch and see what you're up to next? Social media. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and it's Janet Wizawadi. Uh, my business is Worldly Connections. Uh, we're working on a website. We're working on a landing page for the book. But you know what? People can always uh, text me, message me. I can give you my, my cell number that I'm always monitoring is uh, in Canada. So it's 780-830-0840. But yeah, you can find me on, on social media. I'm there. You can phone me. Um, I coach. I uh, you know what? It's I, I went through PTSD because of my job and worked with a psychologist. You guys, there are professionals everywhere, whether they're traditional or non-traditional. And you know what? That's how we heal. And so if anybody just wants to talk, I'm here. I love it. That's such an amazing offer. Um, I want to thank everyone listening for taking the time to tune in um, and hear this wonderful conversation with Janet Wizawadi. Take her up on the offer. If you need to talk to somebody, head over to her LinkedIn, her Instagram, follow, um, go over to Amazon, pick up a copy of the book. 
Um, read them story by story. No need to sit down and read it all in one shot. Uh, it, it's definitely an easy read that you don't have to sit down and do in one sitting. Janet, thank you again so much for being here. I really appreciate you taking the time out today to speak to us. My pleasure. And you guys all have a great day.